When your child is struggling, as a parent, you need support. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. I'm at the 46th Annual Psychotherapy Associates Winter Symposium. This is in Colorado Springs, and once again, I get my hands on the experts. The men and women who are speaking at this conference, the, the, the other people having booths here, this is where all the experts in the industry of mental health and addiction and recovery gather to share the information they have, and I want to get it into your hands. So thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Beyond Risk and Back. I've heard recently that the number one cause of relapse is missing a meal. And I want to talk to my guest about that because uh, I have Thomas Shanahan uh, with me. He just did a big old book signing. And quite frankly, that was one of the most successful book signings I've seen well, here. Well, thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that. Tom, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk about how you how you got here in life, how you you know what you're doing here in in this uh, at this conference, but we're gonna be talking about the importance of food and exercise in relapse prevention, which is right. huge because I do have a lot of uh, you know you know parents and teachers and clinicians that we're still in such reaction to what these teenagers have done that. Um, we're just still in reaction. And we need your information because this is gonna give us a leg up on what happens when they're actually doing well. And what I said at the beginning, um, that the first, uh, uh, the first uh, trigger of relapse is missing a meal. And we'll get into that about the domino effect of everything, mm-hmm. but Shanahan, tell us how you got here. Well, you know, I'm, I'm an attorney by trade. I actually have a trial starting in New York City. I, I'm from New York City on February I couldn't 3rd. tell. Uh. And so, um, you know, I've been practicing law for 22 years, uh, but I've always been, quote unquote, highly functional. I had a great upbringing, but uh, over those years and with a lot of the work that I was doing, which was high stress and lots of hours, I became, uh, my coping mechanism was alcohol and then cocaine, okay. you know, and then uh, it shifted, it went to cocaine and alcohol to bring me back down. <laughs> and, you know, gotcha. and eventually the house of cards tumbles down. Whenever you have reliance on uh, an unsustainable and dangerous coping mechanism, right. you know, ultimately it works in the beginning and ultimately it stops working. Right. So that's the long story, that's the story behind it. When I got sober, and I like to talk more about the sobriety of portion, course. not the mess portion, but when I got sober, I went in um, uh, at 140 pounds to rehab. That was nine years ago. I came out 180 pounds and I wow. continued to put weight on into my first year. So what I recognized was, was that I was abstaining from my substances of choice. But I was smoking more than I smoked in active addiction. I was eating sugar basically from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. I drank coffee all day long. And this, the combination of all the unhealthy lifestyle choices were not enabling me to really be happy So in sobriety. I was abstinent. Yeah. I wasn't sober. You weren't sober. I mean, you, you drop cocaine, but you pick up cigarettes, stimulant, sugar, stimulant, right. and coffee, right. stimulant. Well, and more than that, and I think the parents out there should really be aware of this because this is what kids are doing, especially too with the monsters and, and yeah, yeah exactly with the with the drinks and all the rest it's like what they're getting used to is a cycle of spiking their blood sugar and their adrenaline levels 
through what they're consuming, vaping, the monster drinks, the energy drinks. I mean, you could snort some of those drinks. Yeah. They have so much cocaine in it. And so what's happening is their blood sugar is spiking, their adrenaline levels are spiking, then they're dropping down they crash. and they're crashing. And it's, it's mimicking the same behaviors of active addiction and cocaine and alcohol and drugs and meth and, every, and everything else. And so when I recognize that, and I just want to be very frank, you know, I, I follow the 12-step path, but a lot of the lifestyle I see around meetings is not consistent with the message. Well, they're standing outside smoking and drinking monsters and drinking I coffee was and there's donuts. I was there. I was too. I was there. <laughs> I was so, up there. Okay, so you, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't say that to judge. It would be critical. I say it as an observation, which is an accurate and true observation. Right. And when I recognize that that wasn't consistent with the principles of the program, I decided to integrate the, tw the 12 steps into my exercise and my nutrition. Well, explain and that. that's what I wrote about. My book is called Spiritual Adrenaline, a lifestyle plan to strengthen and nourish your recovery. Okay. And what I did is I took the 12 steps because they apply so well to exercise and nutrition, and I integrated them. And I have a book that lays out how people can do the same thing, an inventory of what they're eating, right? And designing a pattern uh, to, to make amends to their body. I call it making conscious contact with your body. Wow. Forget about the amends to other people. It's about you and what you've done to your body to damage it. And so my, the spiritual program in my book goes back to what you mentioned at the outset. People, especially young people, have a very, very difficult time with the concepts of God and worship. And so in the book, what I suggest as a spiritual program is self-care. And I, I model it around the 12-step acronym HALT, hungry, angry, angry, lonely, and tired. Because those are all, and you mentioned being hungry earlier, those are all altered state of our body and our mind that are created when we're depriving our body of something it needs, right? To run properly. So if you're hungry, if you're angry, and you're, you react to that, if you're isolating and you're lonely, right? And if you're not sleeping for whatever the reason and you're tired, you're much more likely to act out at other people and at yourself. Look, Thomas, you have literally just described every parent whose teen is struggling. Like that, I literally, hungry, angry, lonely, lonely and, tired. and tired. Like it's unbelievable. Did you come up with that acronym? No, the acronym is a 12-step acronym, but what I've done is applied it in my book uh, to the lifestyle recommendations gotcha. that I had never heard that before. Because I recommend in the book different manners and tools, very simple tools that parents or their kids can integrate into their overall lifestyle yeah. to avoid being hungry, to avoid being angry. In other words, building out mechanisms that will protect them. And they can do, just like the steps are done in the context of alcohol and drugs. I have a daily 10th step inventory yeah. relating to exercise and nutrition and recommendations so people can actually inventory their lifestyle and try and ascertain. Like if you're a young, young kid and you're struggling in this area, you do the inventory, that you apply the steps to your lifestyle to figure out what's working and what's not working. And then you try and make the changes you need to, to, to make it past the, the difficulty you're having. And so by taking it away from worship, you know, and God and all that kind of stuff, and turning it yeah. into spirituality yeah. and the yeah. spiritual program being the health so of your body care. and yourself. It makes it so good. much easier for especially young people to relate and, and, and people our age to relate to that. 
and the secondary uh, component is, I have a, um, a Facebook page with more than 80,000 Facebook fans. I have a YouTube channel with more than 200 free videos. We put new, new um, content out all the time and it's all free. I raise this because what I write about in my book is the emerging sober active community all around the country. Addict to Athlete, The Phoenix, Recovery Fitness, Temperance Training, right. Rise and Grind, New York, a sober active NYC in New York City that I yep. helped start. Yep. So. What I'm trying to suggest is that all around the country, especially for, let's say, this, the population of student athletes who became addicted to opiates after an injury, but people who understand the upsides to group activity in the context of exercise, a team, these people will thrive if they focus their recovery in this manner around their self-care. And all around the country and the world right now, there's an entire movement of people that are that we call them the sober active movement. Yeah. And on my, my, my website, uh, spiritualadrenaline.com, and on our Facebook page, what I do, because I don't have a sober active group that I run, I promote those groups. So if people are listening to this podcast and they live in Wichita, Kansas, they can go on my site and they can see who's organizing nearby. And like there's people in Detroit now, there's people up in Milwaukee. Talk to those people, integrate with those people, and maybe get some assistance in starting their own local programs. Because no one's organized. It's always been like Scott Strode is all you know moving around like all over the country right. in the Phoenix doing great stuff. You know, Rob's down here, but no one's ever integrated into like a movement and had a hub where people could go to find out where people in their local communities are doing this great stuff. So that's what I created on the Spiritual Adrenaline social media community. Perfect. So now let's 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 talk about some meat and potatoes for the moms, the dads, the parents, teachers, and clinicians that are uh, uh, listening to the show, especially the parents. Um, so you got a kid, kids dealing with depression, uh, been playing too many video games, uh, grades have dropped because they're not doing homework, they're being online then, because their online life is way better. You know, online, there's this, they're this muscular warrior <laughs> that's saving the world on a daily basis, and at school they're getting bullied for being overweight yeah. and being socially awkward and stuff like that. And as a mom, you're listening, and, you know, here you are telling, we got to get this kid up and moving. How? Well, let me, let me just say this to you. I think the kids today have a much more difficult time than we had as kids. I do not admire the pressure they're under in the context of social media. Yeah, no kidding. These games that you describe are designed to addict them yes. in how they respond, you know, the lights and the sounds. Well, and I'll tell you, and I want parents to hear this, the addictive component to video games is called the random loot box. It's the random reward system that's in place. That's the addictive component. I mean, it's, it's, it's so everywhere they go, whether it be social media, right? They're texting, yeah, they're, they're all, yeah, everything yeah. else, they're video games. And you know, um, the foods that they they, that are marketed toward kids. I mean, parents should understand this. And I shared about this in my presentation earlier. There's something called the bliss point. And the bliss point yeah. is the point at which, you know, the, these products that are marketed to kids, and it's everything. It's cereal. It's spaghetti sauce. It's candies. It's ice cream. Right. They test the MRIs of the brain of people then test them. They're the companies that produce these foods to, me to, to, to measure the maximum Down endorphin. Down to the milligram. That's right. And so 
So, you know, I, what I try and tell kids and I tell adults too, is it's not that you're weak and it's not that you're genetically inferior. The, the point is just like, you know, a drug dealer sells you false hope. These people are, they're, 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 they're targeting you. Okay. Yeah. And by understanding that these processed foods are made to addict and really beginning that process of understanding social media and the games are also uh, addictive by design. Yeah. Really, I think it's hard for a kid to really understand that, but I think it's important to have those communications with your kids today. Just like when we were growing up, I think, you know, don't talk to strangers because yeah. I don't think um, our parents had to deal with the fact that people that were coming into our house in the way that social media and you can have gaming going on with other people it, you know it, it, it's insidious in you can't a way. slam the door on a stranger that's online right. that's right and so i think it's a matter of really educating the kids i also want to talk about some of the new research that's yeah. coming down because it's really important these processed foods that again are targeted towards children have very little, uh, very few enzymes in them. You know, there are studies that are coming out and they're looking at the gut microbiota in people. And, and let me just do the, give you the quick of it. You know, they take one group of people and mostly it's done with animals at this point, but one group of animals is fed a highly processed westernized diet and to replicate soda, they give them refined sugar in water. One group of rats eats that. The other group of rats gets a Mediterranean type diet with just regular water. Right. So over the five week period, the test period, this is a study that came down at the end of last year. The group that was fed the processed diet with the refined sugar uh, in their water in two weeks started to manifest depressive symptoms. Over five weeks manifested major depressive disorder. The scientists took the microbiota from their gut and they injected it into the other group of, of, of animals that were eating the healthier healthy diet, diet and not manifesting major depressive disorder. Right. Their gut microbiota alone being injected into the animals, those animals started to manifest major depressive disorder. Good Lord. Here's what's important. It's also been done, the same kind of a test has been done in human beings. So th what I'm saying to parents out there is they have to, if kids can be moved away from a highly processed diet to more of a whole foods type diet and right. one that they like. Like I was giving the example earlier, like I love hot dogs, right? And yeah. so I used to eat like really unhealthy version of it. They eat me go, it's sausage, man. Go to, yeah, same thing. But go to a healthy, a, a turkey hot dog, right? Yep. You Sauerkraut, a fermented food, put fermented that on it. food. Spicy mustard, yeah. cut up some onions on it and have it on a whole wheat pita instead of a white piece run bun. It's gonna taste just as good. And it's so healthy and it's gonna help prompt the production of healthy micro so if you can get them to eat better, they can change the dynamics of what's happening in their gut because it's so linked to their mind. And then you work in the exercise component, yeah, right? And that we know already stimulates the production of the healthy, the healthy hormones, endorphins, serotonin. That's a one-two punch that can help address these issues. All right, so let, let's talk about this and then let's get on to the exercise piece because you know, you're, you're bringing both aspects, this nutritional piece and the exercise piece. Mm -hmm. But I, wanna, I want to uh, uh, talk about this for a second. 90% of, uh, um, or 75% of serotonin is produced in the gut. Right. 90% of um, what's the other one? Sero endorphins. Uh, 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 the, the other feel-good one. Serotonin. serotonin uh, there's endorphins. Serotonin. GABA is GABA. another common one. That's produced in the um, gut. Got me. I don't know which one you're thinking of. Uh, with oxytocin. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole host. Okay. Yeah. The, the 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 point is is that what helps these things 
uh, uh, produce and, and grow is fiber. And we know from ancient Neanderthal diet, we've got 50 to 100 grams of fiber going in the body a day. Our current sad diet is down to 15. I, you know, yeah. let me just say, um, one of the recommendations in my book, and I shared about it at the conference, is one of the things, and I know that most dopamine, people, that's the other dopamine, one. 90% of dopamine is um, the importance of fiber and yeah. juicing. So many people get hooked on the juicing craze. <laughs> and I say, it takes all, all the, fiber, the fiber out. And you're back to it, sugar. It takes all the fiber out. And especially in the context of what we were talking about earlier, yeah. in the context of trying to keep your blood sugar stable, as opposed to this pattern of ups and downs, peaks and valleys, highs and lows and crashing. You know, if you're juicing, which is so popular now, yeah. and it's expensive too, <laughs> you're so you're self-sabotaging and when you understand the basics as you pointed out yeah. of the fiber the importance of the fiber content but again like let me just say one other thing juicing is marketed towards everybody in general yeah, yeah. but especially the younger generation yeah. right when i walk by a jamba juice place and it's I, kids that are in college students <laughs> and high school kids. Yes, yes. And I sit there and, I, you know, you, you wonder why. Like, I don't think most kids are really hyperactive by nature. I think, I think it's... <laughs> but after they are after Jamba Juice. Well, they are definitely after Jamba Juice. <laughs> but also with the mind after they're texting, after they're responding to... Yeah. They're posting things on Instagram, on Snapchat, right. and all the rest. And so the reality of the situation is... Kids are being hit and bombarded from things uh, from all directions, not that we ever dealt with anything like that. We'll get back to our guest in just a second. I got to make a quick shout out to two organizations that have really helped out Fire Mountain and Beyond Risk and Back at our booth here at the Winter Symposium. First is Guayaki Yerba Mate. They have given us cases and cases of this amazing, incredible drink to hand out to other people, to get people in the industry of mental health and addiction to understand the benefits of Guayaki Yerba Mate and brain recovery, brain building. I could, I could spend an entire episode, which I did, by the way, with one of the co-founders, David Carr. So go listen to that Beyond Risk and Back episode. And you can always Google benefits, scientific benefits, scientific research behind Yerba Mate. And you will understand why we give this drink out to people in the industry. This is a hidden gem that is getting more and more popular. So please support us being supported by Guayaki Yerba Mate and go pick yourself up a can and get some for your teens. And then second, I need to thank Psychotherapy Associates Winter Symposium people themselves for letting us be here and broadcasting this show and helping us email all of the speakers to get the information, the, 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 the new cutting edge research in brain development, addiction recovery, mental health. And I get to interview these incredible people and get their information into your heads, parents. So thank you to Winter Symposium and thank you to Guayaki. Okay, let's get back to our guest. So I'm back, uh, and I just got to see a parent of an ex-staff member and an ex-student of mine, uh, Matt. So, Kiefer, if you're listening, I love you, dude. I got <laughs> your back. Um, okay, so let's get back into this because, uh, uh, man, Thomas, your energy is so good. I know it's really going to hit and hammer these points home mm -hmm. that parents are hearing a lot. Like, you're talking about information that the industry 
uh, we've suspected for a long time. We've known for the past five years. Mm -hmm. um, and now everybody's like, yeah, this is true. <laughs> um, and now parents are starting to get it, which is the whole point of this show, is that what you know and what I know, because we go to these conferences <laughs> together, mm -hmm. now as of this moment, they know it. So let's talk about this exercise component um, uh, to this piece, because... And, and I got a question about food and exercise for you in a, mm -hmm. in a second okay. about maintaining the healthy balance because an addict in the street can become an addict in the gym. Sure. But let's, let's talk about how are we going to get kids who are suffering depression and anxiety and they're overweight and they're being bullied and they've started smoking pot and so now they got this group of friends, I say in air quotes, <laughs> yeah. because they're not really your friends. You're just doing what they do and they don't want to do it alone. Right. Um, and it's all maladaptive coping strategy. Mm -hmm. How are we going to get this kid to start eating right and get him into the gym, out for a walk? I'm, I'm a dad who feels completely lost. What do I do? Well, you know, I'll tell you this much. Today, when I, I presented here at this conference on exercise and nutrition as relapse prevention, but I didn't do it alone. I did it with Addict to Athlete. Yeah. And uh, two of the people who are on the panel are parents, and they had children. And every time I've been to Addict to Athlete, the kids are in the gym with their parents. And I mean, to me, that's an, a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. But it's not isolated to Addict to Athlete. I travel around. And I try and highlight what's happening in the sober active community. When I've been to Rock Covery Fitness in Rockchester, New York, same dynamic. Teenagers, parents are there. they'll come with their parents, and then the teenagers kind of branch off and do their thing. Of course. And the parents are doing their thing. I've seen it at Temperance Training, and I've seen it in the Phoenix. I've seen it in all these kinds of sober active communities. So what I'm suggesting to you is, just like addiction is a family disease, this is a way to expand on the, the traditional therapeutic models where the parents can find other parents with that, where they can bond with them at the, at the time of the workout and we're you know, participating in that. And the kids can also do the same. And of course, most kids want to get away from their parents. Yeah. But then they get around the other kids that are doing the same positive things, right? right. So they're building these positive relationships. So this is, a, this is a whole new area. And people have looked at it like these are isolated groups doing isolated things. It's not. It's becoming a movement. And again, uh, in my book, Spiritual Adrenaline, I have a chapter about the sober active movement, and I have all the contact information for the organizations. And on our social media sites, people can link up because spiritualadrenaline.com, and mostly my Facebook page, yeah. has become the go-to place for people from all over the country and Canada and parts of Europe to find other people locally who are doing the same thing. So what I'm saying to you is, this is a whole new way of looking at addiction recovery and the integration of the parent-child relationship. And I think it's been underutilized today because people just aren't aware of it. So yeah, I think that's really important. Parents can't just expect their kids to get a healthy community. Parents have to have one too. Well, I think also like um, one of the things, one of the gifts of sobriety for me was the secret life that I hid from my parents yeah. was no longer in existence. And I was able to share with my folks honestly about what was happening in my life because like I had always hidden so many aspects of my life and so I think it's important that that kind of dysfunctional nature of a relationship uh, be addressed and a good way to do it I mean you could do it in a therapeutic setting in a, in a therapist's office right but there's something to be said about doing it at the gym 
And having it happen naturally as you're creating these positive endorphins in the mind and you're working out together, maybe doing yoga or having some fun activity, dodgeball. Right. Dodgeball, right. kickball, <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, like um, the, the um, what is it, tug of war. Yeah. You know, fun things that kids enjoy. And let me tell you something else. What I love, especially when I was an addict to athlete yesterday morning in Pueblo, and there were kids doing the CrossFit workouts, climbing up the ropes, yeah, yeah. having more fun than their parents. <laughs> and, so, and, I, I was, and then some of the parents had told me, you know, they had not been active in years, but they got active when their kids had the issues. And wow. so I think it's a really beautiful gift and a great way to look at uh, therapy in a different way. So where's the line when you got a kid who's struggling with addiction, where's the line uh, for a kid to um, uh, be an addict on the street and not be an addict in the gym. Well, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you regulate that? I think that it's important, um, when, even when you're, you know, you're in, in the, the gym setting, to recognize that uh, I have, and I have to be very conscious of it, a genetic predisposition to overdo most things, yeah, right? Yeah. More <laughs> was my first word as More. a child. It's never like enough. A, and I have been through that, and I've really had to focus and be careful uh, to keep it in moderation. I just think what's helpful is if you're isolated in a gym by yourself, and I see these people early morning yeah. at my gym doing an hour of cardio by themselves right. on the Stairmaster, right. and they're ultra thin. It's so sad. But well, it's when, exercise anorexia is what it is. You're actually yeah, right. Yeah. But the sober active communities that I'm talking about, yeah. where you develop relationships and people get to know you, it's much less likely that they're going to look the other way. Because a big component uh. of the sober active community is to build that bond and engage people. And so you can't, if you go to Addict to Athlete, because I, I love to take them for example, we, I presented with them today. And you're like in the gym constantly overdoing it. And you're losing call weight. You out. They're going to call you out because yeah. they love you. Not because they don't want to, they want to be abusive. And so, yes, if someone's out there in isolation, do whatever they want to do, there's a really big risk for that. If you are in a nurturing, sober, active community, you're putting yourself at a lot less risk. And you have people who've done it before you. In my book, I write about it as it's the same thing as a traditional sponsor in the yeah. 12 step world. Somebody who used exercise and nutrition in their recovery who's willing to share the gift because they can't keep it without giving it away. That's right. Okay, so as we get in, as, we get, as we're wrapping around here to the end, let's talk about uh, specific steps that you have for parents, teachers, clinicians, primarily the parents, or primarily my audience, uh, that are going to allow their... Um, it really allow for a, an evolution of the family and a recovery of the family. Every every expert here, again, this is something we've, you know, believed for 10 years. and the last five, it's been proven. Now all the facilities are starting to actually really do it. Whole family goes into recovery, not just the one who is using. What do you got for parents as far as specific steps they can take? Well, I mean, I, I think number one, I think, um, as I shared today, there are, the top nutritional recommendations, maybe yeah. I'll just bullet out a couple that they can, you know, work with their kid on. And, and, you know, again, it's not about torturing them. They don't have to eat like broccoli yeah. and chicken breast don't for the rest put of their them life. On a diet. What I'm saying is there's never, there's never you change the lifestyle, make it fun, yeah. but don't put them on a diet because the diet never works. So my top nutritional recommend, recommendations is to um, 
with what I talked about today is have as much green on your plate as possible. I know that can be hard with kids. That's hard. But it's really, really important to try and do that because there's so many micronutrients in the green leafy vegetables, and that's important. Number two, I, I tell again, because kids are so used to eating processed foods that have no enzymes in them, no flavonoids, no other important No components. fiber. No, well, fiber, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I say... Um, we're going to get to fiber in a minute, though. All right. But have as many colors during the day. Make sure they eat as many colors a day as possible. And again, this can be fun. I gave you the example earlier of changing up a hot dog yeah. to make it a really yeah, yeah, healthy yeah, yeah, meal. Yeah. You could do the same thing with turkey dogs, you know, all kinds of different variations. Avoid juicing. Talking about the fiber, that's where you lose. Even if it's green vegetables, you got to have that fiber in there. It's so important for regulating blood sugar are you, and so many other functions. Are you okay with blending? I mean, it depends on what you mean by blending. Well, throwing greens in, throwing some fruits in, throwing some uh, here's uh, my nut deal. milk Here's in. my deal. All right. If you eat... You eat whatever's at the bottom. Yes. The roughage no, no, no. is where All the fiber is. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fine with that. Okay. But what I'm talking about, we talked about it earlier, I'm not a fan of Jamba Juice. And by the way, a culotta at Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> even if it's strawberry flavored, <laughs> is not a health drink. I hear, I mean, I'm, I, I had somebody what? tell me, I had a strawberry flavored <laughs> culotta. I'm like, it's sugar. So, yeah, anyway, so you know, avoid the juicing. And then also, you know, what's really important in the context of trying to keep kids, their, slow their minds down, is to look at alternative sweeteners. Get them off the refined sugars. Look at honey. You know, others, and there's nine examples in my book. Monk fruit is another We're, uh, example. We started monk fruit three days ago. Okay. It's great. It's in my book. It's one of the recommendations. It's wonderful. I'm a big stevia fan, but I, but monk fruit <laughs> is, is good stuff. You would have loved my presentation today because I compared stevia in the presentation today to monk fruit, but uh, not to, to uh, refined sugar, and I have monk fruit in my book. But the reality is, Everybody out there is bio-individual, yeah. which means their body is not like yours or like mine. So they got to find the sweetener that works best for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And so this is huge because you're getting kids off of the refined sugar. Yeah. They can slow down their brain. And also what I love when I came by your table earlier, I shared about mate tea in Nerva my presentation. Guayaki is a great company, let, man. Let me just tell you that there was a research study I cited in my presentation earlier. They gave mate tea to two groups of rats, right? Yeah. One was caffeinated and one was decaffeinated. Right. And they fed them a high red meat diet and they integrated a large amount of refined sugar into the diet. The group that drank the caffeinated mate tea had less fat after this was for, uh, I think it was, a, I don't want to misspeak, but I think it was a 12 or a 26 week period. I can't remember. Wow. At the end of the period, whichever length it was, the group that drank the caffeinated tea had less body fat overall and less fat in their liver than the group that drank the decaffeinated tea. And the reason is, there are alternative sources of caffeine. That's yeah. a highly enriched yeah, yeah, yeah. source of caffeine. It's also an amino acid builder. Well, this, like this it's, is exactly, you get it, you yeah. get it. So it has a lot of benefits. And so when you start to look at the different types of caffeines that kids can consume, right. if they're drinking that, I don't have a problem with it. If they're drinking a monster drink and they're vaping and all these different things, they're going to be so amped up and hyped up that they're not going to be able to focus right. at all. Right, right. And so I think that those are just some simple changes. And I also think, like, and I, I you know, I don't, I think this is the parents have this responsibility to spend more time with their kids, shut off the video games, 
limit the social media and go for a hike. All the studies have show that this type of exercise out in nature, walking in the trees, look at the beautiful mountains right here. I mean, that's quality time. That's when they're going to open up and they're going to have the conversation. You. That's what's going to slow their brain down. And we're just, I mean, this is a topic I'm so, I've been so passionate about. We're so disconnected from nature and the world around us to get them off those video games, to take them off the processed foods and to slow their brain down and reconnect them with nature and what's really, really important, let their feet touch the ground, right. actual dirt rather than concrete, will make a profound change over time. You know, a lot of what we're talking about requires parents to make this change. And one, was one thing that we have to take into place as practitioners of healthcare is that we gotta make sure the parents have the energy for this level of change. Well, I think that um, it's a family illness, right? Yeah. And it, look, I mean, you're going to spend the energy in one, in one way or the other. That's right. Misery that right. and anxiety and not sleeping because you don't know where your kid is. Halt. And waiting you're for right. that phone call. Hungry, and going angry, to jail lonely, and, and bailing them yeah. out. And attending the, the suspension hearings. And all that takes more energy. Than positive living. You're going to spend it one way but or the yeah, other. Yeah, you're going to spend it one way or the other. And really? I'll tell you, I think, it, it, you know, and look, it's hard. It's very hard to change. But the family dynamic, the change in the family dynamic in the long term will lead to much greater chances of success. I think it's, it's easier, and I know a lot of people will disagree with me on this, but in some ways it's easier to attain a, a, small, a short period of abstention from a bad behavior or a drug, and it's much more difficult to achieve sobriety and long-term happiness. You know, when you look at AA statistics, 1% yeah. of people make it after 10 years, 1%. 1%. And so what I say to parents out there, if you love your kid, <laughs> get emotional, right? You want them to be in that 1%, you gotta <laughs> embrace the change because they need you to be part of it. It can't be deferred to counselors and professionals. It has to start at home. So. Thomas, how are people going to get in touch with you? Well, I have a website, spiritualadrenaline.com. They can grab my book, Spiritual Adrenaline, A Lifestyle Plan to Strengthen and Nourish Your Recovery on Amazon or at their Barnes & Noble store. And on Facebook, we have a very active Facebook page, more than 80,000 people. So Fantastic. if you're looking to meet people where you live, that's where you go. And I have a sober active community page where people can post about what they're doing in their recovery. And so please reach out. I answer all the messages I get personally. It takes a lot of time, but I do it because it's important to me. And I hope to come back on your show. We're going to do and a I longer thank show. thank you for having me on and sharing the message of health, hope, and healing. I, Tom, Thomas, I appreciate it so much. I love your energy. Very, very uh, uh, persuasive and just awesome. penetrating energy. I'm so available you so to you anytime you want me. We, we're going to connect. For doing we're going to do doing. a long hour show. Stay with me while I sign us out here. Absolutely. Folks, Thomas Shanahan. This has been another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you so much for joining me, parents. Please remember to give us a listen, a like, a subscribe, and share us with your friends, other parents who need the support. I have a few people I'd like to thank. First is Frazier PR. I'd also like to thank Your Cause Consulting. And I need to give a shout out to Deepin Productions. As always, thank you to Mental Health News Radio for hosting this show. 
And I'd like to thank Guayaki. Guayaki has sponsored our booth here at the Winter Symposium. And of course, all my fans everywhere, all over the world, thank you so much for making Beyond Risk and Back a number one parenting podcast. Remember, parents, take care of yourself first, your adult relationships second, and your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. I'll see you next week.